Hi, I'm Greg Gavazia. And I'm Luke Phillips. And this is the Semi Crazy Podcast. The podcast by truckers, for truckers. So, Luke, why don't you start by giving us a quick recap of your week? Well, I started my week like I normally do, unloaded in Atchison there. Then went over to the east side of the city and reloaded to go out to Rolu, Saskatchewan there, which is also known as Dog River. It was one of those weeks where it started out good, and then all of a sudden it was 6 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm finally getting headed eastbound. So turned into one of those 2 in the morning kind of nights. But, you know, this guy just got to recover from that. And then unloaded uh, that morning, turned around and reloaded at the same place, and headed out to Moose Jaw. And then... Uh, Grabbed a load from Central Butte and took it to the same farm by Moose Jaw there. And, oh, did a couple local runs around there and went up to uh, North Battleford with a load of lentils. And then over to Vanskoy with a load of potash down the Swift Current. And then uh trailer went in for some maintenance, so I had a short short day there, lots of time off. And uh, then over to Moose Jaw, loaded and headed back home. Pretty smooth week altogether. I mean, it, there's always a few little things here and there, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if if you only lose one load a week, I'd I'd say you're doing pretty good. Yeah, no. If you lose only, if that's all the time you lose, I mean, well, my week started off kind of well. Of course, leaving Alberta, I was loaded for mostly Vancouver and had all my drops planned for Tuesday morning. I would have left Sunday, but with the long weekend, of course, I left Monday instead. You know, just changed things up a little bit because some guys weren't open Monday. I had things planned. One of the guys who was coming to meet me to do a pickup, or sorry, drop, uh, he wasn't able to be there because he was waiting for a ferry. So with all the stuff that's going on, there's less ferry sailings and he didn't plan that ahead. So anyways, changed all of how I had to unload things and made it work. Managed to get a couple of couple things picked up from Vancouver and headed back and just made it to a place in Kamloops to pick up before they closed. And that piece was going out to eastern Saskatchewan. So, I mean, my stuff's all, it lately has been all LTL, right? I just like always have to really plan that kind of, you know, plan on keeping enough deck space, plan on keeping uh things loaded so that they can come off and go on wherever it has to be right it's kind of a almost like a trap line sometimes running back and forth so yeah and then you got to be flexible enough and kind of have it somewhere in the back of your head what are you going to do if you run into the exact situation that you did this week where well i can't do this drop when i was planning to so now i'm going to go do another drop and you don't want that to totally mess you up right because pretty easy to lose an hour or two when you're unloading and reloading oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah, so then things kind of went, things went pretty well after that. I went, uh, dropped something in Edmonton, picked up something else in Edmonton, dropped something in eastern Alberta, and then ran all the way out to Esterhazy, to the potash mine there, dropped a, dropped off my last drop there, and then kind of sat around for a little bit and and was uh, just kind of there pondering my future. One of the places that I, I saw a lot of people had uh, shared a post about the Western Star Hotels, and Anyways, uh, there was one in Esterhazy. I think it was the first one I ever seen. So went in there and they were just fantastic. I mean, offering up showers and uh, free meal if you wanted and everything else. And yeah, so, I mean, that was a good experience. And back to Regina and then last minute load out of Regina for Lacombe and got me home for the weekend. So, Well, that's not bad, eh? Yeah, it's uh, 
you guys sometimes sitting around waiting for your travel agent to decide which way you're going. It depends on where you're, where your mood's at, right? It can be the best thing ever, but it can be the worst thing ever too. <laughs> yeah. I like that travel agent part. That's kind of a, I never really thought of that as a dispatcher name, but it's really true. It's kind of like what's on sale today. Yeah. I picked up on, picked up on that one from an old boy when I first, first started trucking. So it's amazing the stuff. If you just listen to some of that old guard, what happens? Do you really have any say, or is it just like you, you know, that you start in Edmonton and you end up back in Edmonton at the end of the week and that's about it from there? Yeah, that is about it. But that's, uh, I'm sure if I asked more questions, my week's planned out, I'm sure by my dispatch, my, my travel agent there, but um, I don't ask because the plan changes so much. So really, I know like when I've got my load on, almost ready to unload, I get told where I'm going next. It's pretty much it. And yeah. I like it that way. It's way, way more interesting that way. Yeah, otherwise like, I can kind of get bored sometimes too, eh? Yeah, and I mean, plans change. With green, it, there's not much planning on my side of it, right? I try and plan all my day in the morning like anybody does, right? To, for fuel stops and owner-operator, it's always cost stuff, right? So you try and fuel up where you're preferred and you got better fuel uh, discounts and stuff. But other than that, yeah, I just kind of like going with the flow. Yeah, I start start in Edmonton and I end up in Edmonton. And I know the week, is like the Sunday, I'll know if she needs me to stay out over the weekend. So. Oh, okay. Uh, that's not bad at all then i get my dispatch it comes in and and i start trying to fill the trailer right and sometimes it's one piece that fills it and sometimes it's more and i mean i generally stay between manitoba and the coast and and hopefully i'm home for the weekend that's kind of it too it's it's not a lot different but i did like what you touched on about uh fuel stops and that that's something really uh really good for people to plan right because i mean if you've got a better bigger discount or you get cheaper fuel somewhere it's a good idea to know where that is at and and how it fits into your day right well exactly and there there's a lot of little things behind that too like for the outfit that i work for we have two co-op cards and a petro card and that's just because one co-op card is through one group of co-ops and the other one is through a different one so we got a lot of different preferred locations in our normal running area for, for co-ops. But on the other hand, you might get a little better discount at co-op, but my truck, I get a little better fuel mileage on petrol fuel. So it's always a, a toss-up. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. I know uh, a few places in BC, like uh, in the wintertime, if I put the Chevron summer fuel in, which they still offer on the coast all winter long, it runs really well as long as the temperature, of course, doesn't drop. And my truck runs well on that Chevron summer fuel. The Chevron winter fuel didn't run with crap in it. So then I actually would go to Petro, even though there was a couple cents more. If it was going to be really cold, I'd go to Petro and get their winter blend when I'm down in Chilliwack. Like I say, it's a couple cents more, but I know I run better on it. So yeah, just little things to know, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like for us, I have the option to find out week to week too where our better fuel stops are. But uh, if a guy reads into it too much, for me anyway, especially being an owner operator, I find if you read into it too much on the dollars and cents, then every time you stop for fuel, you're going to look at dollar signs and you're going to just be in a a worse headspace. And that's just what I find personally, because like with my career change from heavy haul to to the uh, hopper bottoms, it's uh, amazing the difference that it makes not having interaction with people on a day-to-day basis right oh yeah yeah sometimes the worst place to be is in your own head eh? yeah and it's super easy to get there and especially with you know the world that we live in now nothing guy thinks too much he'll end up in pinoka yeah dead for 
Well, it was like when we were running home the other day, they were like, you were an hour and a half ahead of me there. And I was kind of shooting out songs from the playlist. And that's kind of, that's how I keep my head in the right space. A lot of time too, is just, I can put a playlist up that'll just automatically put a smile on my face. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's funny that you touch on that because it's amazing the difference in your day-to-day mood that music can make. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I don't want to talk at all about the, about the virus, but the, I found that in this whole time, I've spent way more time calling people that I haven't talked to in years, and that helps big time. I forgot how much I used to talk on the phone, and nice to just put your headset on and just chat with somebody for 45 minutes going down the road. Oh, exactly. I've got a, a small group of buddies that I can talk to, like, two in the morning, the guys falling asleep or whatever, you know, that there's one of them's going to be up trucking, and there's four or five hour phone calls and all of a sudden you're in a totally different mood. It just turns your whole day around. So you got to have that group of group of people. Oh yeah, totally. Are those just people you've met like over the years from heavy hall that have changed into other spots or just, uh, Oh, I guess you've been, you did more than heavy hall, but I mean, social media friends, a little bit of everything or. Yeah. Uh, one of them is actually my dad, him and I talk a lot. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, one buddy from social media and another buddy that's uh, an owner-operator, runs his own company. He's actually the fellow I bought my truck off of. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, all, it, you know, it's just spread out through the community, right? Like, I don't don't want to dig into too much that difference between owner-operators and company drivers, but different subjects get touched on on those phone calls, right? Yeah, for sure. At least if you're, if you're talking to other guys in the industry, you got, you're talking to somebody with similar interests, right? You're not going to bore the hell out of them with the trucking talk. <laughs> exactly right yeah it's funny actually i don't uh i didn't talk on the phone heavy hauling obviously because there's just too much going on right um so i never really noticed uh how much you can how much time you can spend on the phone when you're trucking (laughs) especially with the headset like i I did not want to get a headset for the longest time but uh you know the law's the law it's crazy now like it's the handiest thing a guy can fuel up and just keep chatting you know do whatever oh yeah yeah, it's nice. It, it, I, I was the same way. I used to think they were the most ridiculous looking thing out there. And yeah, now that I've got mine, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I just wouldn't change it. I, I love having that thing. And, and I used to also laugh at people. I mean, I guess this is just an example of why you don't laugh at people who are doing stuff because you could in a week be the same guy <laughs> sitting there doing it. Yeah, even though I have one, like I, I definitely always made fun of the guys that jumped out and were using it. And then one day I found myself being that guy, but I, uh, I definitely don't sit around not on the phone with it on. Yeah. Like I know lots of guys just truck down the road with it on. And no, as soon as I'm done with it, it comes off. At least at least I can keep some of my sanity that way. Oh, mine's the same. I just, I hang it off the cup holder there. I have the little, like just the little one with the small boom on it. And... I went uh, I went a different way. I went with uh, one of the blue parrot headsets because um, simply on, on the fact that if I'm on it and I'm talking like out in public feeling up or whatever, and I'm talking on the phone, it looks like I'm talking on the phone, not just to myself, because <laughs> I try to keep that crazy part of it in inside the cab of the truck, right? Yeah, for sure. When you were talking about different, you you're talking about different opinions there, like between company drivers and owner operators. And I was I was watching a thing online, and this guy was he was chatting about the about company pay versus owner operator pay, and 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 there was something in there just about how basically you wouldn't hit a certain number. Like, I'm not going to get into what the exact numbers were or anything, but it was like, you can't, he was essentially saying you can't hit this number as a company driver. And then he says, well, there are outliers, but you can't. I don't think it's a choice about money that makes you be an owner operator or be a company driver. I think it's more about lifestyle and 
and what you want from things, right? Yeah, hundred percent. That's why I'm. I wouldn't say I'm an owner operator because uh, I make a bunch of money. I, I think any any owner operator is basically running a not for profit organization, really. But that's just my opinion, right? I'm, I mean, there's guys out there that are making money, obviously. But for me, it was I was just tired of the decisions that drive a company driver nuts, right? Um, how your truck gets repaired, when it gets repaired, who repairs it. You get a, you can have a little more of a backbone when it's your truck with dispatchers and stuff like that. And uh, I take a lot of pride in my ride. Um, yeah. was raised old school that way, right? Especially in the heavy haul, you, you kind of jump trucks a lot, or I did at least once I got out of my tri-drive W900. So you spend a bunch of time, a bunch of hours putting your heart and soul into a truck and getting it looking the way you want it. And then you, oh, a different job comes up. So you got to switch trucks. And now you watch this truck go out the gate and comes back, you know, just trashed. And that's exactly what happened to me. The last company I heavy hauled for, I was given a beautiful C500 tandem and, uh, it was kept in really good shape from the guy who ran it before me too. And it went through the refurb program. So it was a 2007 in a 2018 condition. Right. Yeah. So put a lot of, a lot of work into it, some lights and stuff like that. Right. And then, uh, came up on a 19 axle job that they wanted me to do. So I ended up going from the pride of the fleet to a truck that they dug off the fence. So it was a tri drive from the rig moving side and needed paint. And, you know, so then I, I went and put, I think there was, a week, it was either a week or a week and a half of myself and two other laborers polishing and painting this truck before I even left the yard with it. <laughs> and I mean, that's just how it is, right? But yeah. And then I, I drove that truck for all oh, three months and I left and the guy that took it over from me actually is, is keeping it really nice. So that's good. But that company is no longer. So I guess we'll see how that truck fares in the auction. <laughs> You're right when you talk about like how control you have, it's like it, not control. I don't know if that's the right word. Like you say, you can make the choices to do the things you want on your truck. And as a guy just uh, starting out as an owner operator, yeah, you're, you definitely don't make any more money than a company driver. And I mean, there is opportunities to do well on both sides of it. When you were heavy hauling, you were making good money. There's no question there. A guy does really well in, on that side of it. And so I think you're right. It's just a, it's your lifestyle choice, like what you want from it. That said, there's companies out there that'll let you do whatever you want to your truck, but you are always at the risk of, okay, well, no, no, this is your new truck because of X, Y, or Z. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to make it sound like I was pushed into that move. It was a opportunity that I wanted to do. So I took it, Yeah. but I like where you touched on, don't make any more money uh, at all as a company driver versus an owner operator, but I never company drove in a non-specialized world where, you know, you have a lot more in that just because you've been in the industry longer. Like I was always on that specialized heavy haul side of things. And, and you're right, you do make really good money, but it comes with its own, right? Like oh, yeah. when you're there, you got to be 110% there. You're not fighting with the girlfriend at home or anything like that, right? Because you're going down the road with that stuff. It's a game of inches. That's plain and simple. And people don't realize, and going up to McMurray is where that really sh showed for me. Um, people get complacent in, in driving and that's the highway is our workplace. 
So now you've got a bunch of untrained, complacent people in your workplace. And if you're 24 wide going down a two lane, you've got, on a good day, you've got 36 inches between you and that car that's coming at you, right? And if you're going north at 60 kilometers an hour, mm-hmm. and they're going south at 110, and it, you're, you're a game of inches, right? If you're not paying attention when that car comes at you and you can't compensate for their lack of attention, then you've got problems, big, big problems. <laughs> and that's why specialized pays more. I mean, you did the 24 wide thing. And for me, it was, you know, hauling logs and doing those kind of things. Maybe not. And it's not always a high speed, high intensity. It's high intensity for your mind. You always need to be paying attention. Like I know from vlogging, like coming down 12 or 14% grade to hit a bridge, you have to carry enough speed to go up the other side, but you also have to make sure that you make that slight corner onto the bridge without catching anything, right? Yeah. And you know that the bridge is going to be your slickest spot of the day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Lots of them are just Bailey bridges and yeah, it's, there's some sketchy stuff that you do, but that's why we always made more money at it because you were doing something that not just anybody can do those higher paying jobs, people always come up to you and say, oh, you know, I want to do that. I want to do that. It's so cool. But I know for heavy haul, the coolness factor lasted about 110 feet. Once <laughs> I got one truck length, I realized that this is serious and we're, we're here now. And then going with that, you know, the bigger wagons down south, especially comes back to your planning, right? You pull out of the pullout in the morning, you've got 10 hours of daylight. You want to maximize that. And you're on a permitted route that you don't really know. So there's lots of times down south where we're going around a corner and you can't even call inches like plural anymore, right? We're we're down to daylight. Can you yeah. can you put a cigarette paper between the load and that light post? <laughs> and as the driver and the guy in charge, for me it was okay, we've got this planned. Well, if we can't make this corner, what now? You know, we're in a town. Where do we go? And we actually ran into that problem. I don't want to make this too long winded, but um we ran into that problem down south. On our first trip with that 19 axle, came to a corner and it was uh, it was strange. Coming through town, we were on the main drag and then we exited to the right onto a no truck route, which is just weird. <laughs> and then uh, went, I don't know, a mile, mile and a half down this semi-residential industrial kind of area. And then came to a 90 degree right turn, which was two lanes, two lanes, right onto a bridge with guardrails on the outside of the corner and the inside of the corner. There's just no way. Yeah, The bridge bridge was 27 feet wide and we were 24 feet wide. So even if we were coming at this thing straight, it'd be tight. And uh, the local sheriff showed up and him and I took a ride in his cop car. And <laughs> we ended up backing that mile, mile and a half down and went right through town, which was something that not knowing the area, like if I had known the area and seen my permit, been like, okay, well, that ain't going to work, right? Yeah. But, so it's always... There's, yeah, there's a reason you get paid good money. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got planners that are planning out your permits, and there, there's there's literally no way you can know every road in, you know, in North America to know whether or not that bridge looked the way it did when you came to it. So, I mean, there, you just can't know that. No, exactly. And with the hand I was dealt and was the whole reason that I went into that tri drive and took that project on, it was a wagon that nobody had ever worked with in the company. Like, I had never even seen one a 19 axle because that's just like it's only down south right (laughs) yeah so there was that challenge there was never we'd never done the route so there was that challenge and uh on top of that there was a whole new team right because you're we needed to hire somebody that knew what the heck they were doing behind that trailer so we hired a guy that knew the trailer and yeah it was just uh it was a, a book of challenges i'm really glad i did it 
would I recommend for somebody else to run out and do it? Um, sure, but bring your Tylenol because you're going to have a lot of headaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think that's what makes it the whole industry interesting is that there is just all these different challenges available to you, right? There's always a new challenge to, to what you're doing. Oh, exactly. And doing my big change from heavy haul to agriculture, it, it was a nice new challenge. You know, everybody says, oh, it's just hopper bottoms. It can't be that difficult, but you got to change your mindset, right? Oh, yeah. You know, there's no, there's no permit to where you're going. There's no you know, and, and you're a grain truck, so you can turn around in places if you mess up. You're not, it's not a production, right? It's, it's learning something new. You know, like I take a, take a D11 and put it on a trailer and scale it, and, you know, nowhere to put it, but loading grain trailers and, you know, I'm in week number or month number three and I'm finally starting to get it figured out, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I've been just pulling a step deck, which I mean, I've done how many times before in my career, but I'm still find I learn little things every day about cross country LTL I've never done. I've just I'm about three months in as well and I'm just kind of getting used to the 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 way it works, right? It's just it's something different. Yeah, every aspect of trucking has its has its challenges, that's for sure. Oh yeah. For me grain hauling now is um it's you know, grid roads. Yeah. Grid roads and primary weight and secondary weight and all that stuff, right? So um yeah, I, I mean I'd be especially in Saskatchewan. Yeah. And not having trucked in Saskatchewan other than heavy haul and their heavy haul permits. Anybody who has ever had one will get a chuckle out of this because it's a highway, say highway 15 to unnamed road and then unnamed road to unnamed road and then left onto this highway. So you just kind of piece it together that way. I actually found myself on, allegedly found myself on a road that was a maximum of five ton the other day because mm. I made the mistake of following the Google machine and didn't realize it until I was partway down and I needed to go about three miles and it's maybe or maybe not on the edge of Regina and there's nowhere to turn around once I got on there and figured out that it that, that it was what it was so um, yeah, I just kind of ripped on her and, and got down there, but I'm pretty sure I know the exact road that you're talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, I, I haven't done a lot of trucking in and around that area. So I mean, you don't have to be high and wide and everything else to end up on a route where you shouldn't be. Oh yeah. I've been in stickier situations pulling an end dump around the city than I ever did with a big wagon. Oh yeah. And I would recommend any new driver or anybody that's still uh, going to new areas or anything like that. Um, remember that Google was designed for a car <laughs> and and always reference, like, I use the satellite view a lot. Yeah. So you, you zoom in close enough on a road and you can tell. And then for the grid roads, if you're lucky enough that the Google car went there, you can do the street view to see if there's a restriction sign. But there's, there's a lot of tools out there to help, but uh, it all takes time. Yeah. When you hit the button, either on your GPS or Google or wherever, it doesn't hurt sometimes to go through the steps and just see where where it is. I call the customers. I mean, sometimes I call them a day ahead of time and then give them a call an hour out. And I'll ask the question, like going into downtown Vancouver, I'll always ask, well, which side of the road are we unloading on? Um, what's the best way to get in there? I mean, and they may not have an answer for you, but 65% of the time they do have something that's of use to, to help you know where to be. I, I watched a guy who was backing a Super B out of a back alley in Vancouver. And that didn't look like a whole lot of fun to me. I would pass on that experience, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to guess how he got there, but I'm pretty sure he was following his GPS, and they probably told him he had to go this way 
that was the quickest way and then made the corner and realized, yeah, no, I can't go down here. I'd say it was either that or uh, he got the classic line that everybody's got. Oh, we get trucks in here all the time. <laughs> no problem. You can get in there and out of there. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I've seen guys come in here before and then they go, oh, you have a big truck. Well, you're only delivering that little pallet. I didn't think you'd come in here with a big truck. Yeah, that's definitely something you'd run into with LTL. My dad did LTL in Vancouver when I was not too young to remember. Yeah. And uh, he's got stories. <laughs> he's got so many stories, like going into underground parking lots and stuff to drop off air conditioning units. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And coming back to that, like everybody has their system, right? You call them a day out and an hour out. And when I was heavy hauling, I did the same thing. But with grain, like what I usually do is I'll load, say I'm hauling fertilizer to a farmer as I'll load. And before I leave there, I'll call the farmer. And especially in Saskatchewan, it helps because they know where you're coming from. They can route you around those those no truck roads and stuff that <laughs> Saskatchewan has so many of. Oh, yeah. It pays dividends to not think that you know it all. Uh, yeah, I, I was told that by, by another old boy, one of my mentors, that when I was started heavy hauling, you know, don't, don't get it too big of a head. You're, you'll learn something new every day. And I really kept that close because... You see it in, in the heavy haul industry a lot. Young guys get their chance and, you know, they six foot tall and bulletproof think they're best, right? <laughs> but uh, I, I've been doing this seven years. I've pulled a lot of big wagons and a lot of weight, but I'm still green. I don't know at all. And I had a conversation with a driver there just this week that uh, has only been in the industry a year or two. And I'm, I mentioned that they were green and, and they almost argued with me about it. And I said, well, no, like you're, you're definitely still green, you know? Four years, okay. Now you've you maybe maybe turned brown, yeah. right? Shit, shit brown, and then eventually you'll work your way up and you'll know what you're doing. But then uh, it'll be time to retire. Yeah. Right? So that's the biggest thing that that I would say to anybody in the industry or getting into or has been in it is uh, you don't know it all. And as soon as you think that you know it all, or as soon as you get comfortable, and that's when you get a problem. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no knowing at all. You learn stuff all the time. I, I like hearing that you've talked to new guys in the industry because we don't seem to see a lot of them. And it's people's ability to share that information that'll keep this going, right? That'll keep it being someplace good to work. Having the attitude that we're still green and you can learn stuff from a new guy, but also being able to share it with those new guys. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know, it's just probably the most important thing that we can do out here. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I've, I had lots of help when I was starting out and, uh, a lot of those old boys that helped me out said, you know, we'll, we'll teach you as much as we can, but you got to do the same moving along. And then when this social media thing took off on my Instagram, it was a really good way for me to, to capitalize on that, if you will. Like I've always said, shoot me a message. Anything anybody wants to know, I might not be right, but I can at least give you another opinion. Or I'll sit here on the phone I've, and I've done it with guys I don't even know. And just they're in a pickle. So run me through your situation and maybe just because I'm not there, I can be the guy that gives you a fresh perspective on it. Right. The same thing as listening to the new guy. You know, you can be in a situation you've been in a hundred times and you've got a guy that this is his first time and he comes up with the best idea ever because it's a fresh set of eyes. Right. Oh yeah. Ted Foreman. That's, and you look at it from just a little different angle and you'll see something totally different. Exactly. And that's just, it is that, sometimes the best set of eyes is the eyes that doesn't know any better yeah. right? they don't know what could go wrong so they look at it totally different and then you're like well 
huh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Yeah, or you may use a little of it, you may use none of it. If you thank people for the opinion, it's just, it encourages them to have an opinion, not just to shut up and, and go forward. And then at least they're willing to explore listening to your opinion as well. Yeah, exactly. And even if you do, you know, because everybody has ideas and I've I've definitely had some floated to me when I was in, in the other end of the industry there that were just bad ideas. Um, and those are the ones where I would, you know, I'd be like, hey, that's a bad idea. We'll talk about this later on why you should never, ever, ever do that when <laughs> you're in the when you're in the situation of making the decision, right? When I first got into it, I was called an idiot a lot. And uh, maybe that's, you know, the old, that was the way of doing things back then. I don't know. We're too new into this new way of things to see how the next generation of not being called an idiot is going to turn out. Sometimes, uh, and I've been in this situation being the new guy, sometimes you're in a situation where it's, it's not time for new ideas, even if the new idea is great. Yeah. You're, this is the way they've done it. It's worked all the time. So just better patter. Let's get at her. Yeah. And talk about it later. Right. There's definitely something we said. And I think um, anybody that's new and eager into the industry needs to pay attention to the situation they're in before they go floating ideas. Cause that's how you can get, uh, get your feelers hurt by an old boy pretty, pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, that's the truth. That's changed so much, eh? Like, and you're quite a bit younger than I am. Uh, you can remember because of your dad, right? I mean, and the guys that you grew up around, you can remember when it it was that way. Like, I mean, I, I got called a lot of different names too when I was coming up and, and, you know, like, that's what the hell are you thinking? What are you, you know, what are you doing? You can't, you can't freaking do it that way. And I mean, I learned, right? Like it was kind of like getting your hand slapped and then you go, oh yeah, don't put my hand in there. It's a different time now and people grow up a little bit differently. And, th and that said, not everybody's the same. I mean, there are kids now that grow up the, the same way we did. And I mean, and there's 25 year olds that have problems with, uh, with technology, right? So, I mean, it all, it all works out. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to get in. Yeah. We don't need to get into 25 year olds that don't know technology. Yeah. We'll just we'll skirt over that today. My my computer almost went through my window. I'll admit that. Um, coming back to that, uh, what you were saying there about you know the times in the in the industry, I was lucky enough that I came in when there was still old old boys in the industry that were they didn't care about how the office did it because they knew they had been doing this and this is in the heavy haul industry so it might be a little different. I don't know, but um, they were such good hands and so experienced that. Even if they did get fired for something they did, somebody else would hire them right away and turn a blind eye to the way they did it. And uh, because of the way I was raised, I didn't, I had thick skin. So it just kind of all, the pieces all fell together that I was always the young buck that got requested to go with, with the old guard. And uh, it worked out great for me. I learned so much from them. Yeah. Just by... Yeah, okay. You know, call me an idiot, yell at me, scream at me, give me the shit jobs. I don't care. I'll do it and I'll love every minute of it just because I'm learning. I'm out here learning. Yeah. Well, and that's the right attitude to have is you're you're learning, right? If someone's calling you that, uh it's at least in the in the uh in in the trucking industry I found or uh if someone was doing that, it was usually for a damn good reason. And basically when an older guy is doing that, it's not that they're like you say, not angry with you personally. Um, 
they just don't know any other way to express it. Yep. That's the way they've been doing it for so long. And uh, they don't want to take the time. No, I shouldn't say don't want to, but uh, it's not front and center in their mind to, to take the extra five minutes to explain it the nice way, the way that the industry expects it to be done now. You can't take it personally. It doesn't matter. Like, they're not yelling at you. They're just yeah. yelling. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. You got to... Somebody, I, I read that once somewhere and someone said people just have to stop taking life so personally. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's just it. And then, you know, those old guys that yelled and, and screamed at me, uh, I sat there at the end of the night and I always listened to their stories about the old, old ways, right? And then it's funny that a couple of years, within the last two years anyway, the last heavy haul outfit I was at, um, I was loading, loading up bunk and dolly load which i had heard so many stories about but lots of companies got out of doing it because just it's a little sketchy um and i'm i'm pulling a trailer that i had heard stories about from the old guard because the outfit i was working at was all about refurbing and and keeping the payments minimal and uh and i'm loading this thing and the one of my mentors pulls into the yard he's worked for another company but he pulls into the yard he just sits back and he watches me do what I'm doing. And, and this is the last guy that I ever expected to hear a good job or anything like that from. Right. So whatever, I'm doing my thing and I skin that skin the load out of there. And then it's their turn to load. And I was driving past and he gave me a thumbs up <laughs> and I can't, can't even explain the, how that kind of, you know, just hit home. You know, I'm sitting in there in a tight spot and with equipment that is, you know, older than me <laughs> by a lot. And I'm thinking to myself, all these stories that they've told me and I'm, I'm taking from their experience, you know, and, and stuff like that. And then I pull out into the parking lot and he's right there and he just looks everything over and he kind of gives him a nod of approval, a thumbs up there. And it's like, Oh, all, all those nights that I stayed in the bar with those old boys till two, three in the morning. And then was super tired the next day. They did pay off in the end. Right. And that's something that, these new guys need to need to think about sit down in a truck stop and listen to somebody, you know, or even fuel at the fuel pumps. Yeah. You know, just spark up a conversation with a guy. You never know where you're going to get useful information from. Oh yeah, exactly. When you park at night, don't be afraid to go out there and, and, and interact with people. And if nothing else, you also, you kind of form relationships that will benefit you down the road. Yeah, exactly. You never know when you're going to run into that yeah, guy. Yeah, and, and, and maybe that old guy today is, is driving, and maybe he's not even that old. I mean, but maybe today he's driving a truck alongside you, and then in two, three years, he's a, you know, he's a recruiter at another company. He's a, you know, supervisor. He's whatever, you know. You never really know where these people are going to end up and, and how it might help you, help you out further your career, right? Exactly, and it, it comes back to not, not judging a book by its cover, right? Like, if somebody that doesn't know me pulls up next to me, for example, at the fuel islands, you know, I'm just some young kid fueling up a grain truck. <laughs> they have no idea what my career has been up till now, right? So you, ne you never know where that useful piece of information is going to come from. You've been listening to the Semi Crazy Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. You can find me on Instagram, Luke Dirk Phillips. And you can find me on Instagram, Semi Crazy Inc., and on Facebook, Semi Crazy Truck Pictures. Thanks for listening.